You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody, Tim McMaster here with Rhett Bollinger, our MLB.com Twins reporter who has had a busy day down in Fort Myers, Florida today. Rhett, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when this team signed Logan Morrison. I said, if they're really going to go for it, shouldn't they get one of those other pitchers as well? And we kind of talked about the possibility they didn't necessarily need it. But sure enough, they've done it. So I'm excited about it. Uh, Lance Lynn introduced today, and then he went out and pitched. It was almost like they handed him the uniform in the press conference and just said, you know what, just keep that on, go out there and pitch. So um, how's this day been for you? Um, Obviously an early start and an exciting one for you as far as spring training goes. Yeah, definitely a fun day, kind of a unique one. You usually don't talk to starting pitcher before they uh, you know, pitch out there. And sure enough, we had a press conference today here at 10.30, uh, Lynn's like a pretty good guy with his, you know, kind of funny, making some funny jokes about uh, Brian Dozier and uh, playing an Ole Miss versus Southern Miss and Logan Morrison being kind of a loud guy and uh, even called some of his uh, mentors, uh, you know, like Adam Wainwright and uh, John Lackey and some of those guys in, uh, in St. Louis, elderly. So it's a pretty good quips. It was pretty uh, fun press conference in general from a guy who's usually kind of low-key and kind of quiet, uh, but had a really, you know, impressive debut going three, hitless innings, you know, gave up one walk, but struck out five guys. This fastball was hitting 95 miles per hour. Uh, definitely a big addition for this team. It definitely needed it. You know, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Um, as I said at the time, I, I was going to be surprised if it was going to happen just because I felt like the only way that they were ever going to do it was a one-year deal, maybe a two-year deal. And sure enough, uh, the market, you know, the way it's been, it's been so crazy. You know, Lynn kind of realized there at the end that, you know, he's going to have to take a one-year deal. And, and I think he wanted to play for a contender. I think one of the first teams they contacted, if not the very first team that his agent, you know, contacted was the Twins because he wanted to play for a contender. He knew the Twins had interest. He trained with Logan Morrison this offseason in Jupiter. Uh, and Morrison said a lot of good things with the Twins, as did Zach Duke, who was his teammate in St. Louis the previous two years. Um, so I think with all that kind of stuff that, you know, added up there, you know, even Derek Salvi today was saying he was surprised that, you know, the Twins were able to add him as well. I think when they made the trade for Odorizzi, you know, they were kind of thinking they might be done. But sure enough, I think because of the trade for Odorizzi, it kind of created some momentum. And, you know, I think some other free agents realized, well, you know, the Twins have a pretty good team. Why don't we join this team here on one-year deal to see what we can do? and be a contender. Yeah, and before we get to a little more on Lynn, let's hear from him. This is from his presser uh, this morning. You were in attendance. Here's a little bit about him talking about just one of the reasons, the real reasons he signed with the Twins. Here's Lance Lynn. Yeah, I just look forward to pitching. Uh, that's what I like to do, and I like to compete. And uh, I know a couple of these guys in the clubhouse, and I've heard good things. So I'm looking forward to uh, the upcoming year. And trying to win ball games. That's pretty much all I'm about. It, it's different to put a, a, another uniform on, obviously, because I've uh, been with St. Louis since I was drafted. Uh, but it's a new opportunity to uh, you know, show what I can do in a new league and all that. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. And uh, you know, just excited for uh, a chance to uh, play for a team that's, that's got a good chance to win. All right, so good stuff. He's excited, and you said it. He wanted to play for a winner. He said it right there that he wanted to play for a winner as well. And he's played for winners, and that's a thing too. St. Louis is obviously one of those franchises that around the game of baseball is looked at as a winning franchise, a franchise that does things the right way. So he brings that winning pedigree with him to Minnesota. How important is that for the Twins as well, Rhett? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's pitching two World Series. He won the World Series as a rookie in his very first season. Uh, it's it's a big factor, you know. He's got playoff experience. This is a team now, you know, has designs of making the postseason and also making some noise. You know, we know last year they got to there, they got to face the Yankees. But even if they would have won that series, they didn't have much starting pitching depth beyond you know Irvin Santana at the time, who we realize now is dealing with a finger issue that ended up having you know surgery on in February. So 
you know, last year he probably would have started maybe Santana and, and maybe, you know, Barrios at the end of his rope there, kind of coming off of his first full season. And, and Kyle Gibson's having a good second half, but they didn't really have much beyond that. And now, kind of look at it, you know, in terms of the rotation, if they were to make the postseason, you know, Urban Santana has a lot of postseason experience. Even Jose Barrios got a taste of it last year, pitching, I believe, what, two or three innings in the, in the wild card game. You know, Jake Rizzi is a, a veteran guy. Uh, and then, as I said, Lynn has pitched that. I want to say he's pitching like 20 postseason games because he's seen game, you know, he's pitching relief as well in the, in the, in the playoffs with the Cardinals. So uh, that kind of experience is valuable. And like I said, he learned from a lot of, uh, you know, talented pitchers in St. Louis, whether it was Adam Wainwright or, you know, Chris Carpenter when he first started and, you know, Jake Westbrook and some of these guys and Lackey later, some of these guys have been around. Um, so I think it's just going to be good. You know, and the thing I've heard about him too is, you know, just a guy that works really, really hard. So it's always good to have that kind of guy in the clubhouse in terms of the younger guys seeing him. Um, but yeah, I mean, this rotation finally has uh, some depth here. And, you know, like I said, it took a little while for it to happen. It has been in spring training the way it did. It's certainly, uh, you know, unusual. Um, made for an interesting day to day. But at the same time, it's definitely a, a legit rotation for the first time in any years for the Twins. Yeah, you have Lynn, Odorizzi, Barrios, Gibson, Santana, eventually Phil Hughes in the mix. Who's number five until Santana gets back? It's a good question. As of right now, we know the, number, you know, the top four, we don't know the order yet. I think right. Jose Barrios was kind of the favorite to be opening day. Uh, but now it sounds like they kind of want him to pitch in Puerto Rico, which is April 17th and 18th, and, uh, you know, I guess the Indians, and I think, the issue is if you start opening day, it's hard to get them lined up to start in Puerto Rico. Um, so trying to work through that a little bit. But, you know, you have Odorizzi in that mix and, and, and Gibson as well. And then now you add Lance Lynn uh, to that mix. So the fifth starter, if they decide to have one or need a fifth start right now, uh, is going to look like it's going to be Phil Hughes. You know, Hughes had a nice showing against the Yankees last night, uh, Monday night at Saturday in the field. You know, threw four innings, gave one run on a solo homer. Uh, but showed, you know, solid enough velocity. Again, he's still throwing around 91. Uh, throwing his new slider and a lot of change-ups, working on a lot of off pitches, which is a good thing for him because uh, he knows his fastball is not going to play up like it used to. Um, and he's been healthy, which is kind of the key. And Adalberto Mejia, as guy we've talked about, was definitely in that race. But he was optioned today, uh, as well as a lot of their top pitching prospects, guys like Steven Gonsalves and Fernando Romero, uh, even Aaron Sweggers, the guy who saw some action last year. So a lot of their, their young guys now are, are already sent down. So really, you know, Tyler Duffy is still kind of in that mix. And he gets to start tomorrow uh, on Wednesday. But in general, right now, it seems like it's going to be Phil Hughes as long as he continues to be to prove that he's healthy. And then, really, they only need a fifth starter once or twice in all of April anyway because of off days. And then Urban Santana slated to come back here uh, in late May or uh, – sorry, sorry, late April or early May. So, uh, once he joins, he'll be that fifth starter technically. Really, they're you know, the top of the rotation guy for them. But, uh, like I said, finally some depth here. And even have all these prospects now go down there. That's the Kia and, and Gonsalves and Romero and those guys, uh, you know, kind of just, you know, one phone call away if they can prove uh, they can handle AAA. Yeah, it's a good situation. A good time to be a Twins fan right now. This is certainly exciting. Looking uh, away from the pitching to the position sides of things, and Kenny Vargas is kind of quietly having a really good spring, um, but there doesn't seem to be really a place for him there, Red. Is, is he having this good spring and – Maybe hopefully somebody else picks him up eventually when he gets uh, optioned or, you know, what's his future? Yeah, that's definitely his kind of thing. I, right now, talking to him the other day, was he said he's just trying to put on a show and just for any team. Like you said, it's like at this point, with the, probably, you know, with the Twins right now, barring an injury, he's the odd man out. We know that, you know, Joe Mauer's going to start in first base, and we know that Logan Morris is going to be the everyday DH. Uh, with maybe, you know, I, I think Robbie Grossman still got a good chance to be the fourth outfielder, maybe split some time at DH here and there against lefties. 
um, and play a little bit of backup outfield unless that Granite somehow wins that role. Um, but yeah, Vargas is just kind of at this point kind of doesn't really make sense to have him on the roster when you already have Logan Morrison. But as you said, he's had a good spring. Um, he's trying to audition for other teams because at the end of the year, sorry, at the end of the uh, spring, I think he's going to be put out on waivers because he's out of options. So he put out on waivers. Uh, the Twins love to see him clear because you know there are a lot of teams out there that aren't really you know already have a, a powerful first baseman or a DH type player. He's probably only going to be attractive to American League teams. He can play first base, but he's more of a DH type. Um, but he's, had, he's been inconsistent in the major leagues at this point. You know, he's put up fairly solid numbers at AAA throughout his career and throughout the minor leagues, but hasn't really clicked in, in the major league level. Some of it's because he hasn't really had that much consistent playing time. Uh, but at the same time, in the playing time that he has had, he's mostly only been about a league average hitter. Certainly has the power, but a lot of strikeouts. Doesn't really walk at the same level uh, in the majors as he does at AAA. Um, but yeah, I mean, he could be claimed. You know, if the team's looking for a cheap you know, option to get some power in their lineup as a, you know, a, kind of on a flyer there. Um, they can, you know, claim them in waivers. That they're going to wait till the end of spring when teams are kind of, you know, kind of following their rosters, make it a little bit easier to try to get them to the waiver system. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, it's going to be hard to say what's going to happen, but I, I can see him passing through if, you know, teams are kind of already have their rosters set. But, like I said, if a team really wants to bet on his power upside, he could be claimed there at the end of spring. One more thing to touch on with you, Red, and we've talked about this a little earlier in the offseason on the podcast about Byron Buxton and the team's uh, desire to sign him to an extension and his desire to really do that and stay in Minnesota eventually. Uh, But there's a whole slew of guys on this team that that could be a topic of conversation for. They have this young core, Miguel Sano, Max Kepler, Barrios, Eddie Rosario. Obviously, this is a small market team. Um, you're not going to be able to bring in big-time free agents, but it, it's always hopeful for these teams to be able to keep some of their own. So do you think they will approach some of these other guys as well to try to get them now before they get too expensive? I think they'll at least explore those options right now. I think the one guy that you talked about that's going to be the one that's most likely to sign an extension and could even happen this spring would be Byron Buxton because, you know, Buxton's an easy guy to bet on that upside because he's obviously just a hard worker, uh, but it's, you know, just his tool, you know, it's just through the roof, you know. If he puts it all together, He's a potential MVP type guy just because he has, you know, so much speed as a defender. So we know he's already the best defender as of all the awards last year and uh, an incredible base runner. So when he hits on top of all that, um, he's just an incredibly valuable, valuable player. So the other guys, there's a little bit of question marks here and there. You know, Miguel Sano with his maturity and weight issues and if he's going to move to first base. Quanto's got to prove he can stick at shortstop. You know, Kepler is not coming off a great year offensively. Rosario had, you know, a great year last year offensively. Defensively, didn't have a great year, and really was kind of a you know his first time really breaking out offensively. For Rios did have a great year last year, and seems like he's kind of had, kind of like Buxton has a lot more potential. Uh, he can continue to get better, so I think they'll definitely explore it, especially with Sano and, and, and probably Rios as well. Um, but the thing is, these guys are all under control until 2022 or 2023 anyway. So it's not like a huge rush to have to you know sign these guys, but obviously the earlier the better in terms of likely for the club to get a better deal and, you know, sign these guys for cheaper just because there's a lot more question marks, you know, for some of these guys. But it just kind of depends, uh, you know, these things go both ways. You know, teams obviously can save money because they can, you know, obviously know what they're going to pay in arbitration. Instead of having to go to arbitration, they can kind of have a contract laid out. They also know that sometimes they can buy out some of the free agent years, uh, whereas the player gets that financial security of knowing, hey, I get this money now, it's guaranteed. And then as we've seen this year, you know, in terms of free agency, it's hard to know what you're going to get as a free agent. Uh, down the line right now just because there's been so many, you know, guys that probably, you know, like Lance Flynn, for example, you know, turned down the qualifying offer of more than $17 million from the Cardinals and then signed for 12 with the Twins. So um, it's been a weird free agency market. I wonder if that will have an effect with some of these young guys 
realize that maybe it would make some sense to cash in now. Um, but something the players union will also look at as well. So um, it's an interesting time to see what happens here. But I do think of all the candidates they have, I think the guy they've discussed it with the most and the guy that's most likely to happen is, is definitely Byron Buxton. All right, good stuff. We'll t- definitely keep monitoring that and the entire spring training as we are just a couple of weeks away from opening day. This has been MLB.com Extras Twins Edition. For Rep Rollinger, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.